the biggest compliments that my team and I, I myself can get is, you know, when investors approach us and say, look, how do you guys do it? How do you always keep on top of the latest things? You see things before we see them. That's Rimko Jansen, founder and publisher of Silicon Canals, a leading technology media source for the startup ecosystem here in Europe. They provide VCs, innovation managers, and people in the tech community with invaluable information and news pertaining to startups in Europe. In this episode, you'll learn how Rimko grew a blog that was written in Dutch into what Silicon Canals is today, why he believes a strong startup ecosystem is necessary to help safeguard democracy and what he learned as a startup mentor and journalist over the years. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. As you listen, you can find me on LinkedIn at Eric Melcher. Tag me, say hello, let me know that you're listening. And now let's talk to Rimko. I started out my career as a journalist in Amsterdam for Amsterdam FM and later on as a freelancer for Parol, which was one of the resistance newspapers in the Second World War. So I have, I have my DNA in Amsterdam and once I was riding my bicycle, at the moment I was riding, so this was 2014, I was riding my bicycle and I was a PR for startups in, in, in the city and I was going from one startup to the other uh, on the canals. I thought, look, I mean, this is amazing, you know, all these innovative companies on the canals. Uh, this, this, these are the Silicon Canals, right? So it was like an aha, a eureka moment. And from that point on, I registered the domain name, I registered uh, the Facebook to Twitter. And, you know, over the course of the summer of 2014, we started blogging, very impromptu, you know, just on and about. We launched a, a small WordPress website. We started blogging in Dutch, actually, about the Amsterdam scene. And then that very same week, the Dutch government launched an initiative called Startup Delta, which was there to boost the the, the nation's ecosystem. So we were dead on, you know, we were, we were, we were at the spot where, where that was all happening. And I didn't give it much thought in the beginning. It was just, you know, on the side, you know, side hustle. And it sort of grew on us. We started blogging in or writing in English in 2016 when Startup Fest came to town with Tim Cook and Travis Kalanick from Uber. And, you know, we thought it would be smart to, to do it in English so we have a bigger audience. And in 2018, we even switched to, you know, Benelux and then gradually focusing on the whole of Europe. And now I'm a, I'm a pan-European publisher, you know, and, and like always with, a, with every good idea, just, it just grew organically and, and came to life and to fruition naturally, I would say. Okay. Now, it said, you said that it was a side, a side gig, but were there any sort of aspirations or even expectations for launching Silicon Canals? I mean, I am a journalist by, by education, but also even before I started the education, I wanted to be a journalist. So I think for me, it has always been very important to, you know, to, to boost that ecosystem. And then, you know, from that DNA that I have, that I hold them with the city of Amsterdam and, and as a European citizen, I always wanted to, to, you know, propel that ecosystem. When I saw that grow, I wanted to nurture that. And I think that's always been our mission and vision. And yeah, we kind of stuck to that. So, you know, like all good things, I think once you see something that is really, you know, get, get, get stuck in your heart, you have the passion to really make that grow, even though it was a side hustle, but now it is 100% my only business at the moment. And yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful and grateful that we have great partners like the city of Amsterdam actually now that support us throughout that journey. Great. Okay. When I visited Silicon Canal's homepage, my head 
it went to what a lot of people think. How are they able to release so many articles each day? So can you describe what a publishing team looks like for folks like myself who don't really have an understanding of what it takes to run a media company? Yes. Well, we have a smaller team than you might envision, but a really great and awesome team. So at a certain point, I met an Indian woman in Amsterdam who was a pub- well, a managing editor before of a large publication in India. She built a team out of India for us. And at the moment she left, when she moved to London, one of our freelance writers who used to be an editor-in-chief of another publication, a startup publication in India, we appointed him editor-in-chief. And now, since then, we've grown the team to three freelance writers, the editor-in-chief, of course. We have a publisher who takes care of our content partnerships. We have a community manager. And, you know, on and off, we have some several other people that support and help us grow the publication. But it is quite a small team, but they're very diligent. And and I I can say I'm, I'm extremely proud of them. I mean... Let's just, let's just say, you know, look at the weekend that we just had. We're, we're in the week that Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. You know, throughout the weekend, they, they put up great stories. They were up and about, you know, and a large publication, of course, they can send five, six reporters out there. We only have our small team. My editor in chief, he was on top of that. We released some great stories from, from our, our vision and our angle, you know, what's happening in Europe. What, what does this mean for Europe? And yeah, it's just, it, it is it is quite fun to see how much you can do with such a small team if everybody puts up a lot of effort in. And, and, and I can just say I'm extremely proud of them. Okay. Now, how do you determine which articles get written? Is it entirely up to the editor-in-chief or do you have some say? Of course, I have some say as the owner and the founder. But one thing that I found straight away was that we shared the same vision and we have a very clear editorial format. So... We, we know what is, I mean, if I would call him and say, hey, this is a great story, you would agree with me. And if you would call me and say, this is a great story, I would agree with him at, at least 95% of the time. So if you have a very clear format and a very clear editorial scope, then, then the work, well, it is not easy. You know, running a publication is not easy, but at least that makes it easier for everybody to understand where you're at, what needs to be covered, what we're going to do. And for us, you know, sometimes a 500k round, a seed round in a very innovative company that is, you know, transitioning something, let's say that they're helping with, uh, with poverty or hunger or climate change is more interesting than us than, than maybe a 20 million euro round in yet another SaaS software as a service company. So for us, that is always, it's not as much about, you know, the big numbers flying around or you know, the cool hip companies, but it's also about discovering, you know, the smaller startups that are doing great work. Sometimes the smaller ecosystems, I know you're, you're, you're in a smaller ecosystem yourself in Europe, you know, maybe, maybe in the Baltics or Eastern Europe or, or in Portugal or Greece, uh, cool stuff is happening. It also needs to see the light of day. And, and, you know, for us, the, our, our editorial format suits that quite well. We can, we can publish straight away about them. And yeah, we can give them the, the attention that they deserve. Yeah. Okay. Now, what kind of reach do you guys have and how, how are you guys getting traction in terms of reach and audience size? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good question. So we have, I would say on average around 100,000 users a month, resulting in 150,000 page views. As I said, you know, we're a small publication relatively, but we focus on, a, on, on what I call a micro niche. 
So we really focus on the startup and scale-up ecosystem. So we don't cover, per se, Apple or Facebook or Microsoft unless it is something related to the European tech ecosystem. That means that there's a smaller, but it's a very influential audience. So these are investors, these are founders, these are people who are working at startups who want to work at startups, want to see where they can work, you know? Yeah. It's, I think, at the moment, still one of the, one of the only job markets that is growing despite all the layoffs. And, and I'm, I'm quite confident that, you know, the tech ecosystem will, will bounce back after, you know, a big peak and increase there. So what we do in order to, to get actually some tractions, we just broke, for me, a magic threshold of 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. So that, that would be, I would say, our strongest social media presence. Of course, we're on Twitter. Facebook for small publishers is, is dead, I'm afraid. Instagram is still a growing channel, but it's, it's relatively it's small. But we're integrated in Google News. We have a lot of organic traffic, but we also have a lot of direct traffic. We have a lot of people that follow us, especially investors, you know, daily. Hey, let's see what's going on. And, you know, the biggest compliments that my team and I, I myself can get is, you know, when investors approach us and say, look, how do you guys do it? How do you always keep on top of the latest things? You see things before we see them. And, and that's the reason why they keep tabs of us. There was even an, an AI investor who said, oh, what kind of software are you using? Did you build a scraper? Do you have <laughs> chatbot doing that for you? You know, chat, chat GPT, is that something that you're using? No, this is, this is the people doing that. And they have an excellent eye for what needs to be covered and whatnot. What is, you know, right in the moment of time that needs to get coverage. So yeah, I think that's, that's where we really excel as a media publication. After a quick break, Rimko and I talk about what he learned as a startup mentor, why he is so passionate about the startup ecosystem, and if he would prefer to have dinner with Guy Kawasaki or $25,000 in cash. Hey, in case you didn't know, the Innovators Can Laugh newsletter comes out every Thursday. You find out which startup founders are coming on the show, along with links to posts I found interesting on the web, my best dad jokes, quotes from Napoleon to Chris Rock, and my thoughts and strategies on what I am doing to live a rich life filled with happiness as a Texas expat living in Europe. Sign up for the newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com. Welcome back to my conversation with Remco. I am intrigued on how Remco grew Silicon Canals from a blog to the media publication that it is today. I wanted to dive deeper into why he is so passionate about the startup ecosystem. So I asked him about his experience working as a startup mentor and what were his aspirations for launching Silicon Canals. Okay. Now, for many years, you were a startup mentor in Amsterdam. Is there anything in the process of being a mentor that you now bring into your role as the CEO of, of your, your news media company? Well, most importantly, I would say that I really thoroughly understand how startups work and what, what is going on. And there is a lot of, there are a lot of frauds and fakers in this world. People who are more living the lifestyle than building an actual company. And, and I think I have a keen eye now on what real entrepreneurs are like and also investors. So, you know, I can spot them from a mile away. On the other end, as a startup mentor, what I've learned that there is only one thing important and that's as a business owner and that is sales. So, you know, it's all fun and games, you know, running a media publication, but that costs more money. Even if you have that run from India, it costs money, real serious money. 
And in order to do that, we need to have strong partners and we need to retain those partners for a longer period of time. And, 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 you know, if you do sales properly, you give your partners something in return and we give them a lot of exposure. We know how to work with municipalities like the city of Amsterdam, governments, like I mentioned Startup Delta earlier, they're now called TechLeap. They were, were one of our strongest partners last year, but also big tech companies like, like AWS and Salesforce has been on our roster. So we know how to service them with great content that actually you know, turn into leads or, or, you know, it's not always directly leads, you know, visibility, branding, or, you know, supporting the ecosystem. That's sometimes for governments a very important thing. So yeah, for us, for this year, it's going to be, I think our, our scope to really focus on, on building more and better media partnership with, with clients that we have, the partners that we have, but also with new ones. So yeah, we're definitely expanding, I would say. All right. Can we talk a little bit about why you're so passionate about the startup ecosystem here in Europe? It seems like your entire career has been working in or around startups in some capacity as a mentor, as a founder, as a publisher. So I'd love to hear what is it about innovation that inspires you? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, I always, I always have a big sigh of relief when, when somebody asks me that question. First of all, I admire the founders who put in the nitty gritty every day. I have seen so many founders fail miserably and it is, it is, it is heartbreaking to see. And, you know, they're putting their life on the line, right? They're putting in their last savings. I, we had a story recently of somebody, she sold her house because she wanted to go all in into her startup. You know, the investor community is still not as, I would say mature as it is in Silicon Valley or the US. So getting funding, especially if you're a woman or a person of color or another diverse background is, is extremely hard and the numbers are tremendously skewed. So, you know, for us, diversity, equity and inclusion is a very hot topic. And, you know, all that combined is always, you know, what, what gets me up in the morning, right? And seeing these founders putting in the work, trying to build a company, creating jobs, creating innovation that can, that can change the world. I mean, you know, some of them are, you know, building companies and making, making themselves and investors, but a lot of them are very driven to make this world a better place. And that's, that's where Silicon Canals exist. And, and furthermore, also democracy is a hot topic. I mean, you come from a country where I would say democracy is, is, yeah, under scrutiny, let's say, <laughs> well, let's not get too political, but here in Europe as well, right? I mean, c certain markets are, are definitely in a deplorable state. We have a war on our Eastern front again, you know, after, after many, many years. And I think democracy is something that needs to be preserved. And I think technology and, and a strong econo economical ecosystem of, of tech entrepreneurs can help with that. So there's more at play here than you would see on the surface. It's not about this company, you know, raising a 500k seed round. No, this is about a stable and a thriving Europe and a thriving democracy as well. So for us, it's, it's more than just what you see. If you, if you look at the website as a, as a tech blog, right? There's, yeah. there's more at play. Here. Yeah. I agree with everything that you're saying, Remco. You know, the, the point that you made that it's, it's the tech entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general are the ones that create the jobs. They create the innovation. 
and they're the ones that move things forward, that make the world a better place. And, and so I hope everyone that's listening just really understands that because I think Remco is coming from a place where he understands that, he believes it, and he's really trying to share there's these entrepreneurs' story and what it is that, you're, that, that they're doing and bring it to a much wider audience. Okay, so Rimko, we've come to the last part where I've got some fun rapid questions for you. Just say the first thing that is on your mind. You ready? <laughs> I'm okay. ready. I was born ready. All right, let's do it. $25,000 cash or dinner with Guy Kawasaki? Which do you prefer? I would have dinner with Guy Kawasaki because I saw him talk at the next web once and, and I believe that his values are not my values. So a lot of things that he are saying are built from nepotism. And from, from, from a country, I mean, he's from a certain culture, you know, the, the U.S. tech ecosystem. And I think he needs to look at, you know, w what he's really about and that there are things that can be more democratic, more, you know, thinking about poverty, inclusion and stuff like that. And it's no, not always about nepotism. So yeah, I would, I would, I would love to have a dinner with him and, uh, you know, get into a heated argument with him. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Number one strategy to prioritize your time. I mean, that's very simple. I would look at my bank account and I would look at my sales reports. And as any entrepreneur, any founder, money talks. So look at your balance sheet. Look at how much money is coming in. Protect your cash flow. As an entrepreneur, that's the most important. What is a favorite TV show that you can watch again and again? Ooh, there are plenty. At the moment, I'm actually re-watching The Wire. I don't know if you remember about yes. the Baltimore police. Yes. Jimmy McNulty, who is... Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many cool lines from that show. And and I would say my favorite character is Omar, who is a <laughs> robber who robs drug dealers. It, it is probably the first drug dealer robber stick-up artist that is gay on any show. I think that's yeah. amazing. And he's just, and he, unfortunately, he passed away, I think a year, year and a half ago, two years ago. And he really brought that show to life with his humor, with his flair. He's just such, there's so many amazing actors, but he is yeah. my favorite for sure. Yeah, 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 he was, he was a great character. I love that show, great show. What's the most interesting thing you've done in the past 26 days, Remco? The most interesting thing. Can you narrow that down a little bit? Well, I mean, it's obviously not something that you do on a daily basis. Maybe it was a trip somewhere. Maybe it was an exotic dinner or a night out. Well, an exotic dinner for sure. That's, that's something I can, you can tell about. One of our partners took me and my partner out for dinner to Rijks. Uh, if you're ever in the Netherlands, go there. So it is, is a, a Michelin star restaurant in the next to the Rijks Museum. Okay. And they had some, I, I wish I would have, I, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but I wish I would have taken the vegetarian menu. And, you know, the, the chef really was an artist. He met, I mean, it was just like flavors happening and, and cool things. I, mean, I can't even describe it. And it, it was, it was definitely a treat. And it was so great to see that one of our partners, you know, took, took the time to take us out for dinner. And uh, yeah, we even got to discuss some business over in a minute. That was, that was certainly one of the high points in, this year this far. All right. Speaking of dinner, what is an unusual food or drink that you consume? Unusual food or drink, Rimko? 
So I'm from the Netherlands. So if you ever come to the Netherlands, let's call this Dutch sushi. We love herring. So this herring is not fried. It is, it is brined. So it's very salty. And every year around June, we get the fresh herring. We call it Hollandse Nieuwe. So Dutch new ones. And you would eat them by the tail. You know, you dip them in, in chopped onions, raw chopped onions. You eat them by the tail and you just, you swallow them down. And it is the best. And every year I was a member of fraternity here in the Netherlands. We organize a herring party. And that's always, you know, if, if you would have asked me somewhere in July, then I would definitely have said one of my high points would, would be the herring party. Last year <laughs> we did it on the boat on the Amsterdam canals, you know, very much, you know, the canals are my, my happy place. So yeah, if you ever get the, the chance to eat a raw herring, yeah. go for it. But it's not to everybody's taste, I would say. I'm going to be there in early July. So it seems like that's the perfect time. I will, I will take you all for a spin and, and, and feed, force feed you some herring and let's see if you, let's see if you survive that one. <laughs> okay. 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 Every Friday, here's another one for you. Every Friday, your team does blank to build camaraderie in the workplace. Fill in the blank. Well, the sad part is, is that we're a very remote team. So most people are, you know, the Indian team even is sometimes two hours apart or, or some are in Mumbai and some are in Delhi. So I think, I think that's actually a fair point. We should do something to build some more camaraderie in the team. Uh, last chance we had was over Christmas where we, you know, sent some, sent some, I, I'm not wearing a Silicon Canal sweater because I always think that's a little bit too much if you're on a, on a video. But uh, yeah, one, one of our team members, I had a call with him on a Friday and he showed up with that brand new Silicon Canals branded t-shirt. And I yeah. was so, I was so happy uh, that he, that he did. And yeah, no, but yeah, we have, a, we have a good team, but unfortunately, you know, very remote and that, that always comes with a disadvantage. But yeah, it's amazing to see how much you can actually do within a remote team and how much camaraderie you can. Yeah, absolutely. Last question for you, Rimko, your next startup will be blank. Ooh, well, not so much a startup, but I've always dreamed of building a hybrid 360 uh, startup consultancy. So where we help, you know, from the early days on getting the first funding, getting the first pitch decks in, building the, building the brand, building the team, you know, and, and helping and mentoring them to grow. Not so much an accelerator or an incubator. It will definitely be more of a, a consultancy type, a very hybrid. That means, you know, no, no people employed, but getting the best experts out there and, you know, being the, being the person not in the spotlight building that company. But, you know, in my years, I've seen so many founders struggle with a lot of things. Also mental health. Let's, let's, you know, we haven't discussed that topic yet, but also helping them on a mental health front. I've been struggling myself as an entrepreneur with that, you know, in the, in the last 10 years and, you know, got myself out of there. So I know how important it is to, to have somebody on your side, not necessarily a founder or a teammate, but somebody you can, you can confide into and that, you know, if say, look, I don't know what to do. Remco, what's up with that? And, and knows how to solve that, you know, because decision-making is, is key to building a new company, you know, and I like to be that, you know, you know, that fanboy on the side cheering and rooting for, for the entrepreneurs. I like it. Yeah. All right, Remco, thank you so much. Where can our audience learn more about you? Yes, uh, thank you so much, Eric, for, for this great talk and, and, and love to see you in the Netherlands and, and see, I think we need to make a video of you eating Harry. So that will be a blast.
We'll do it. We'll do it. Rimko bendak boor het komen naar de show. Graag gedaan. Graag gedaan. Tot de volgende keer. I had a great time chatting with Rimko. He is enthusiastic about helping raise awareness for startups, regardless of their size and industry. If you want to learn more about Rimko, go to silicocanounce.com. Links to all of this are in the show notes. Thank you to Rimko for being on the show, and I look forward to seeing you this summer in the Netherlands and going for some herring. If you like this episode, send me a note on LinkedIn and subscribe on Apple or Spotify.